Okay, everybody, it's time to find a seat. We're going to get started here. I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Thank you all for coming. It's nice to see a big crowd. Uh, the title of our program is A New and Glorious Morn. It truly was a glorious morn when Christ left heaven, came to earth, and became a man, and then went to the cross. And you'll hear that message throughout the songs and narration tonight, so pay attention. To begin the program, we have a mother and daughter duet for us. Shall come to the always I am. 
The angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord.
was the night before Christmas and all through the town. Not a creature was stirring, not a bed to be found. So Mary climbed on a blanket of hay. Tired from the journey she had traveled that day. While Joseph lay sleeping on cushions of earth. To that musty old cave, the Christ child had come. It was quiet and still, just a regular night. The shepherds rejoiced as they eagerly ran to see if this baby was part of God's plan. Hope you're liking the program so far. 
I got some words of encouragement on my way up here. One of the young men coming off the stage said, have fun, pastor. So I guess looking out into the darkness, wondering who's peering back at me is supposed to be fun. So, all right. Well, the title, as was already announced of this program, and you're kind of, you know, maybe roughly halfway through it if you're getting kind of antsy, but the title is A New and Glorious Morn. As I was thinking about a message or a few things to share with you, Lord willing, it won't be long, but I was, I was thinking about some things. I thought, you know, when you're thinking about a new and glorious morn, part of the thing that would make it glorious or would make it new is the contrast between it and the darkness or the night that came before. And so if you think of night, it's synonymous with darkness, while morning symbolizes the rising light or illumination that is coming into the darkness that had been going on throughout that whole nighttime. And as you think about why would that be the title of a Christmas program? It's simply this. It's that the birth of Jesus, it's associated with the coming of spiritual light and illumination, much like a new morning would bring light to the darkness. And one of the verses that sort of that title comes from, it's from the book of John, the first chapter in the fourth verse. It says, in him, referring to Jesus, in him was life. And the life was the light of man, that idea of this illuminating effect of the spiritual light that Jesus would bring into a world of darkness. You see, rescuing mankind from the darkness is ultimately the reason that Jesus came. So you think about the reason for the season. There are many people who maybe think they have some idea about what Christmas is all about as you're celebrating Christ's birth. What are we really celebrating? But the truth is many don't. They don't understand that the celebration of Christmas is that it's the beginning of a plan that was put into motion or conceived of in eternity past for God to make a way to rescue mankind from the darkness that mankind found himself in. And, and the truth is that that was a plan that was needed because man was in a real predicament. To be in the darkness, to be separated from God spiritually is not a good thing. And so you think, well, well how could the birth of a baby be synonymous with that message? Well, it's only through being born as fully human, but yet fully God, that God would be in a place where he could actually die, that Jesus could actually die because while being fully God, he took on the form of man. He was fully man for the express purpose that then the fully man part of his existence in, the, in that moment, the incarnation of Christ, could be offered as a sacrifice for your sins and mine. And so you think about why would I need to be rescued? If you're thinking about the birth of Jesus, it's the beginning of this rescue plan that had been planned and foretold for so long and it finally comes to a culmination with his birth, then later his death, burial, and resurrection. Well, why would man need to be rescued? And it's simple. Man had a problem. Man was born spiritually dead. The Bible says in the book of Romans that by one man, that's Adam, sin entered into the world. And then death spread to all men because all have sinned. We're sinners by birth, but we're also sinners by choice. We all sin. And to sin is to choose to do something that is opposed to what God says is right. And the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who does not sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It goes on to say that there's not one single just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. And so man's problem is they were spiritually dead. And if you want a, a passage about that, you can look at the second chapter of the book of Ephesians that says, and you, he made alive who were dead 
in trespasses and sins. Now, what does that mean? It means that being associated with sin compared to a holy and perfectly righteous God, that God could not have a relationship with sinners because sin was tainting sinners and God was perfectly holy. For God to come into contact with sin would be to violate his righteous and holy character. So God, though desperately, we're told, loved man. And so God wanted to have that intimate relationship with man, wanted man to have access to him, wanted to have access to us, but something had to be done to take care of that sin. And so God's solution was to save sinners to rescue mankind from that spiritual darkness that each and every person on planet earth was born into. And 1 Timothy, the apostle Paul is talking in the first chapter, he says, this is a faithful saying and it's worthy of all acceptance, meaning everybody should accept this truth. And this is the truth, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and then he says, of whom I am the worst, of whom I am chief, the chief sinner. This is the faithful saying that that is the reason that Christ Jesus came into the world. Now think about that, the reason for the season. Born to die upon Calvary, that Jesus would be born as a small child who would grow to the age of 33 and then be crucified on a cross for sins he had never committed because of his great love for you and I. To offer us a heaven that we don't deserve if we would simply accept his work on our behalf. That's why the Bible goes on to say this, when you're thinking about why would God send Jesus? Why would Jesus willingly come to earth? And again, it's because God loved us so much. You see it at times, if you were here on a, on a non-program night, we wouldn't have this covered up. And right there would be John three sixteen. And many even know it, that God loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. In fact, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is 1 John 4.10, and it says this, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a satisfying payment for our sin. See, the Bible says that if we're sinners, that there's a consequence of sin. Sin separates us from God. So the penalty of sin, it says in the book of Romans chapter 6, the penalty of sin is death. We deserve to remain forever spiritually separated from God. But the verse doesn't end there. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you think about the birth of Jesus. Imagine Jesus sort of wrapped in a bow as a gift to all of humanity because one day he would then grow to be that sin debt payment for all the debt that you and I owed, a debt we could never pay. But God in his love wanted to make a way for us to be reconciled to him or be rescued. And so that's the message of the Bible. That's the message of the season. That's the message that we're celebrating when we celebrate Christ's birth. You see, the gospel or the good news, it calls men out of darkness. The Bible says that he, God, called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The question isn't, is light available? The question is, will we respond to the light? See, the question is, will you come to the light? The light is shining. The light has come. A new and glorious morn has, the sun has come up again in that sense. But will you come to the light? You know, a great hymn of the faith, many of you know it if you've ever been associated with the hymns of the faith, but one of the great hymns of the faith has these lyrics. Come to the light, tis shining for thee. Sweetly the light has dawned upon me. Once I was 
I was blind, but now I can see. Why? Because the light of the world is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will no longer walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This, light that can, this life that can only be accessed through faith in Jesus Christ. So you come to the light by believing in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So if the whole idea of the season is this new light, this new dawn, this day that has come where the light has come into the darkness, you have a chance to respond to it. But how do you come to the light? And the Bible makes it simple. It says in John chapter 1, that but as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power to be called sons of God, even to those who believed in his name. You see, it's not about what you can do for God. It's about what God has done for you by sending his, his son to be the payment for our sin. And when God had a plan, God is a perfect God. God doesn't have kind of half-cocked plans like we have. God doesn't have ideas that are missing out on certain key pieces. When God has a plan, it's a complete and perfect plan. And God's plan wasn't lacking anything. He said, I'm going to send my son to be the satisfying payment for your sin. And he says, you will receive that as a free gift, a gift that is freely given and it's freely received. Otherwise, it couldn't be a gift. It's a gift that's given freely apart from works, apart from you. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that by grace you've been saved through faith. It is not of yourself. It is a gift from God. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. And you know, friends, that is the most offensive part of the gospel message. That, that message offends people because they think that somehow I must have earned heaven by doing my part. And God says, you can do nothing to improve on something that I already said was complete and perfect. Your only response is a response of faith apart from works where you would say, I'll take God at his word and I'll accept the gift of his son that he offered in my place. And the Bible says the moment you do that, where you let go of everything else, that moment you become a son of God, you're born again, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit and he will never let you go. Because the gospel was never about what you could do for God. It was about what God had done for you, starting with the birth of Jesus Christ. You see, anyone could be rescued. Everyone should be rescued. But unfortunately, everyone will not be rescued because the Bible says in John 3, 19, three verses after the most famous verse in the Bible, God loved the world so much, he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Next verse, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through his son could be saved. He who believes is not condemned, but he who believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And here's verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The light has come. A new and glorious morn is here. That was the whole message of Christ's coming. The light has come. But will you come to the light? It's shining for you. It's calling for you. The spiritual light is available. But will you come to the light? That's the question. So as you listen to the rest of the cantata portion of this program, where the choir will be singing a number of different songs and there'll be narrations between those songs, listen carefully to those words. Perhaps today will be the day that you come to the light. Now afterwards, I want to invite you to stay. We're going to have a time of treats and, and fellowship here in the fellowship hall that we have down the hallway over here. So come and thanks for being here. We'll carry on with the rest of the program.
opportunity for you to stand up now and stretch your legs and we'll sing together.
Christmas is a season of light and color, joy and peace. Tonight we sing carols proclaiming tidings of great joy. God had kept his promise of a king, the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Christmas is a time to rejoice and to celebrate the fulfillment of promises, the promise of a Messiah, a newborn king. But it was not always that way. There was a time before the king arrived that God's chosen people, the children of Israel, lived in a hopeless and dark world, a world of anguish and bondage with little assurance of a bright day. But words of hope continue to be proclaimed by the prophets of the day. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. They who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them has a light shined. The words spoken from the prophet Isaiah 700 years before the birth of Christ clearly predict his arrival. This child was to be born of a virgin and called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Prepare for the coming of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.
It has been said that it is darkest just before dawn. The people of Israel experienced the longest of dark nights as they waited for the promised Messiah. They yearned for a king who would be a descendant of David, who would be empowered by God's spirit and establish a righteous kingdom, who would dawn on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning. Isaiah offered hope for the dawning of that new day when the righteous king would arrive. The Lord himself will give you a sign. A young maiden will give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. This king would be a source of profound light and life to all people. As promised, the sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor the brightness of the moon your light by night. But the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your God will be your glory. This was the hope to which Israel clung. As they awaited the dawning of a new and glorious morn, the arrival of the promised King of Heaven.
angel Gabriel was sent to Nazareth in Galilee to a young maiden named Mary. She was pledged in marriage to a man named Joseph. The angel told Mary, You have found favor with God, and you shall conceive and give birth to a child that Isaiah had foretold, the promised Messiah. How can this be? The power... The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. This holy child shall be called the Son of God. In those days, a decree was issued by Caesar Augustus that a census was to be taken of the entire Roman world. Everyone was to return to their hometown to be registered. Joseph was from Bethlehem, the town of David, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So... He and Mary, who was by then great with child, made their way to Bethlehem. Sometimes light emerges from the most obscure places, bringing hope and promise in the darkness in most unlikely of settings. That was God's plan as this trek to Bethlehem helped to fulfill the words of the prophet Micah. You, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, Yet out of you will come one who will be ruler over Israel. And so it was that in God's perfect timing, the promised king loves pure light. The Messiah was born in the tiny village of Bethlehem.
Ancient prophecies, angelic promises, and providential plans all were being fulfilled in this single night as the holy child of Bethlehem, Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, was born. The Bible records that there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. This was just an ordinary night with ordinary shepherds doing their ordinary thing. However, instantly, this night became like no other night as an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and the shepherds were terrified. Do not be afraid, I bring good news of great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men.
presence of shepherds in the Christmas story tells us what kind of Messiah Jesus would be. He would come to us as a savior, as a king, as a lion, but also as a shepherd. The announcement of the coming Messiah, who called himself the Good Shepherd, had to happen in a shepherd's field among those who lead sheep. He would entrust himself and his message to these shepherds. The Lamb of God would first be held, handled, and touched by those who knew how to appreciate and care for a lamb. Shepherds knew the ultimate fate of each lamb. It would be sacrificed at Passover. And yet, a lamb had come who would be the final sacrifice for sin, arise from the dead, and set us free. This lamb would not simply cover sin. He would actually take away sin. For God had ordained before the foundation of the world that his son would come as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus was willing to do the Father's will, to become a sacrifice for you and for me, so that we could live eternally with God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In Messiah Jesus, we have a perfect sacrifice, thus fulfilling God's ultimate plan and purpose, obtaining eternal redemption and opening access to God for all who put their faith and trust in him for their salvation. So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. But Mary, the young, humble maiden, mother of the Christ child, treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And she said, my soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. God not only gave the life of his son for Mary, but for you and me. He loves you today as much as he loved his son. This is the value he attaches to your life. He gave Christ to die for your sins. God proved his love for you at Calvary. The Lord Jesus became a stranger in Bethlehem so that you might have a home in heaven. For in him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In the most unlikely manner, in the most unlikely way, God had sent his only begotten son into the world to redeem the world, to provide eternal life abundant and free. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become children of God, even those who believe in his name. This was indeed a holy moment, a holy night.
story did not begin at Bethlehem, and the story does not end there. Bethlehem leads to the cross at Calvary. For Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Jesus Christ has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Will you come to the light of the world, the one who gave his life for you? Whether you admit it or not, Jesus is the Messiah upon whom your eternal destiny rests. Messiah Jesus will return to gather his children, to live forevermore in a place where there will be no more night. There will be no need for light from a lamp or light from the sun. For the Lord God will be your light. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.
time of fellowship, some stats, treats, those kinds of things. Time to just talk to one another and just enjoy the season here. So. into the world to be born as a baby, that you'd be born, take on a human form so that you could die on Calvary for sinners like ourselves. Thank you that we would see that and celebrate that here this season, that we could even come together as a community of people in the area to just lift that up and em embrace that and celebrate that here tonight. Thank you for all that you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, with that, you're dismissed. <laughs>